So in 2018, I set a new goal for myself, and that was to read more. I challenged myself to read 12 books in 2018, which is a lot for me because that's about 12 times more books than I read in 2017. So if you're into reading, or you're interested to see what books I'm reading, or you want to join me on Goodreads and swap recommendations, visit popcornfinance.com books to learn more. Hey, this is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. Appreciate you coming back, joining me for another episode. And today's show is going to be centered around uh, kind of like a conversation, a topic I brought up on Instagram of all places. I put together like a little quick story on on Instagram and it was because I've been looking at some profiles for tiny homes on the app there. And I got a really great response. People were kind of like interested in the topic. You know, for me, I've been fascinated for tiny homes for a while now, even though I'm not the tiniest person, but it's just a really cool, I think, lifestyle and something definitely out of the box. And I, I took some pictures from from an Instagram account, Dream Big Live Tiny, and the founder he actually got back to me and sent me a message, and we kind of had a conversation, and that leads us to today's episode where I'm joined by Alan, who's the founder of Dream Big Live Tiny. How's it going, Alan? Good, Chris. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh no, definitely. Thanks for for you know taking some time to sit here and talk with me. You know, Dream Big Live Tiny. It's a really cool site, and it's kind of like a one-stop shop for everything tiny living. You know, they have design inspirations. They have some really cool like images of some tiny homes that are out there and the different layouts. Uh, They have different travel stories, different destinations where these homes are located. It's just a really cool resource overall for the whole tiny home movement, I guess you could say. I really wanted to bring Alan on because my fascination of it, which which I talk about all the time with my wife, it's, it's based around this like kind of alternative lifestyle, a way of kind of taking, you know, what we normally are expected to do and kind of breaking it up and, and seeing how it can impact you in different ways financially, I think gives you a little more freedom. And so just, just to, to start everything off here, Alan, would you mind kind of just explaining what a tiny home is for people who maybe even never even heard of that? Absolutely, Chris. So a tiny home, it can basically be broken off into kind of a pretty simple explanation that anything under 400 square feet could be technically considered a tiny home. Um, you know, there's some some people that are pretty strict about that square footage, you know, but we kind of basically feature anything under 500 square feet. Um, we consider those tiny homes. They could be homes on foundations, so built to basically be stagnant and stay where they're built, or more popularly, they could be built on wheels to be able to tow around and basically take them and park them wherever you want to kind of settle down for a short or a long period of time. What do you find to be the most popular option? Do people typically go with the trailer option versus, you know, having like a solid foundation? I mean, it's, there's no, you know, real number out there, but based on what we've kind of seen in the market, there's seems to be a little bit more homes on wheels. And of course, that's just it just this is a little more practical. A lot of people who are interested in tiny living really just want to have the opportunity to basically move it around if if they get kind of sick of where they're they're um, staying for a little bit. Gives them the opportunity to travel as well, which is a big sort of inspiration and a big goal of a lot of of uh, tiny enthusiasts. But of course, we still have you know big representation in in the market for foundation tiny homes and essentially. A larger portion of these are what we call accessory dwelling units or ADUs, which are basically built in people's backyards. Some people build them to have some extra space when families are coming in. Um, and you know, more, more popularly now these days, uh, people are starting to build these ADUs in their backyards 
to basically create a secondary income in their household. They'll list them on Airbnb and they start generating a little bit more income to help pay off their mortgage on their house. Now, there's a very small percentage of people who I've seen actually flip this concept and they build an ADU and they actually live in the tiny home itself huh. um, and they rent their larger home, which which of course you know leads to a, a bigger um, cash flow um, that helps them pay off their home you know incredibly quickly. Um, but that's that's definitely a minority, but we're seeing a little bit more of that as well. Oh, nice! You know, I I love the flexibility that that you can get from these tiny homes because it, I think it just it's a completely different way of kind of looking at you know your living situation right. and gives you some some options that you normally wouldn't have if you had a traditional home with a traditional mortgage, which can be you know in the multi hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, I think that was that was really what I wanted to talk to you about today specifically was how choosing to live tiny can free you up financially in different areas because uh, i think you know I, I think it's pretty you know safe to assume that a tiny home is cheaper than a traditional home right but you know i want to get your take on you know what have you seen as far as like what opens up to people financially by making the choice to to live in a, in a tiny home absolutely so definitely you know financial uh, reasoning is is one of the big kind of motivations for for people to pursue or to kind of start thinking about downsizing and living tiny. Um, and this basically just comes from, you know, steadily increasing real estate prices across the U.S. Basically everywhere we've seen that to be the trend. Um, and in a lot of places, those those rental rates or mortgages are growing, you know, at a pace that outpaces, you know, how, how quickly our wages are increasing. Yeah. So that kind of makes everyone rethink you know, this, this idea of, you know, living and basically contemplating what we really need in life as opposed to what we want. And that's kind of a really unique place for tiny living right now is of course, yeah, tiny homes are, are a much cheaper alternative. Um, you know, today, nowadays, the, the average home in the U.S. is upwards of $230,000, $240,000. And, you know, in some places that's pretty affordable, but, you know, a tiny house depending on whether you build it or whether you buy it from a builder, that will definitely have some impact on on how much the home ultimately costs. But when you're, you know, something from a DIY build, you know, depending again as well on the materials you use, whether you salvage some materials or you purchase some new, you know, you could you could build a, a nice 180 square foot, 200 square foot home for anywhere around 10 to 15,000 building it yourself. Wow. And, you know, of course, some of the the builders that are catering to more luxurious tiny homes and slightly larger homes, um, they're starting to focus a little more on trying to minimize that gap between, you know, coming from a huge, you know, 2,600, 3,000 square foot home to a tiny space. And they incorporate a lot of, you know, luxuries that people would be comfortable with, really nice appliances, bathtubs and things like that. And you start seeing these homes basically anywhere in the range from 75 to 100,000. Mm, okay. Of course, it's it's more expensive, um, but comparative to, you know, a traditional mortgage, it's still a huge difference. So, you know, by by no means are they cheap because it's, it, there's still a significant upfront cost, especially a lot of people who are buying them outright and not taking out a mortgage. You do have, you know, pretty big expense on the front end, uh, but a lot of those cost savings get, you know, you spread them out over time, and and that's where you know the savings really start to make sense and they start adding up. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you too because you brought up a couple of interesting things there. One, I did, I never even thought about this. 
Do they offer a traditional mortgage for a tiny home, especially ones that are kind of pushing close to a hundred thousand? That's a great question. So not currently, and that's and we're starting to see some changes in the market, some positive changes in the market, but. For the homes that are on wheels, currently they're still considered recreational vehicles. Mm. And so that allows them to be towed as well. So there's some positives and some negatives to that. When it comes to financing options, you know, we're we're limited because they're considered RVs. And so what the loans end up typically looking like are you see lower terms on the loans, anywhere from five to eight years, and you see slightly higher interest rates, which, you know, is is not terrible when you consider the ultimate price of the home, but it's something to consider and why some people end up waiting maybe a couple of years more to be able to either put on a larger down payment or just be able to afford the home outright with their savings, which could save them a lot of those interest costs. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Which is probably a good practice anyway. So, you know, take some time to, to really save up and kind of put a dent in that, in that cost anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, too, for some people who maybe ha- are not familiar with tiny homes and they're hearing some of the square footage numbers you're throwing out there, it could sound like overwhelming or extreme to go to something so small. Right. Uh, but I think one of the things that people should really do is check out some images. Definitely go to, go to your Instagram account. You have some great pictures there. And I think there's a difference when you're looking at something small that's been designed to be small and it's laid out properly versus a place that is just small. Because I know when my wife and I, when we first got married, uh, you know, we lived in like a small studio apartment. It was like, you know, 400 square feet, but it wasn't designed to be small. It just happened to be, (laughs) to be small and and nothing really worked well. It was just kind of crowded, you know, you had stuff in weird shapes and the bed didn't quite fit. And it was like, it just became very weird. I think that's maybe the image most people (laughs) get of a tiny home. It's like, it's a really small space that you can't fit anything in, but, but really the way they're designed, it, it, it's amazing kind of how it looks, ends up looking much bigger than you think it would be. Absolutely. That's a great point, Chris. And that's something I hadn't touched on yet. Um, but, you know, over the years, as the movement has gained some popularity and a lot more people are are getting involved on the, on the design side, on the enthusiast side, on the builder side, we're definitely seeing a lot of improvements on just the floor plans, the designs of the homes. It's something that, you know, when the movement started, it really was just about the square footage you know, but more people getting involved. A lot of people put a lot of focus on, you know, making things multifunctional, multi-purpose, and really just providing, making the space look a lot larger than it really is. You know, I've I've seen some homes that that they say 200 square feet, but I'm just you know incredibly impressed every time I go in there, and I'm like, are you sure? I think this looks like you know 300 or 400 square feet, but that's just because yeah. the, the space is designed so well, and it's designed for that specific purpose. There's tons of storage solutions, you know, under under the floor, in the stairs, you know, there's a lot of innovation going on in the movement. And that's something that's really exciting. Um, we're seeing that, you know, continuously. And, you know, everyone is sort of innovating together and, and kind of building off of each other's designs. And I think it's wonderful. I think, you know, it's, it's becoming a little bit like a shared sort of system where um, people are bringing the best ideas from one thing and incorporating their own. And it's, it's really providing a, you know, better, better solutions and better looking homes, better functioning homes as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've seen some, some really great layouts that have like, that have like made me want to just move out into the tiny <laughs> house right away. <laughs> Sell everything immediately. <laughs> it's like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Alan, as, as we kind of wrap up here, what would you say is maybe one of the biggest like financial, I don't know if benefits is the right word, or just, I guess, like biggest financial impacts you've seen from some of the people you've talked to have made the decision to to move into a, a tiny home? I mean, there's a few things we already talked about, basically the upfront price, the mortgage, that's a huge saving for a lot of 
a lot of people. But secondarily, I would probably say some of the utility costs. Of course, you know, with a smaller home, you still have some upfront costs on utilities that are just naturally going to occur. Um, but with a space, you know, one fifth, one tenth of the size of a traditional home, you're seeing some incredibly affordable rates um, for covering your utilities. And that's assuming that you're building the home that's on grid and using, you know, traditional electricity and water and everything. But of course, there's also alternative ways to build a home. And a lot of those are, a lot of focus is being put on building them for off-grid purposes, incorporating solar panels because the space is so small. You know, the price, of course, there's still a high price for upfront, you know, for installing a system like this. Um, But over time, it starts to make a lot more sense. Um, We're seeing composting toilets, propane appliances, the stoves specifically, as opposed to gas or something or electricity. These are kind of the little things that might not seem like they make a big impact. Um, But you start adding these things up on a monthly basis, spread out over, over a couple of years, and it really starts to add up and starts to make the difference for a lot of people. And it's really... You know, one thing to kind of think about besides just that cost is is what are you doing with that additional money that you wouldn't that you're not spending otherwise, um, and that's you know one thing we like to preach a lot is not wanting a lot of things, basically just living off of what you need and then investing that additional money into things either one things that you're really passionate about that you now have the opportunity to enjoy a little bit more or investing in your future. A lot of people that that basically downsize to live tiny are doing that almost exclusively for financial reasons. Either one, to have a better opportunity to pay down their debt, whether that's student loan debt, credit card debt, or other forms of debt that they have. And secondly, is to save either for a big purchase they might want to do in the future for their kids' education, or just for their retirement. And those are things that, you know, over the course of different, you know, over the course of a couple months, years, they s- starts to add up those savings and, and gives you an opportunity to, you know, have a bigger nest egg at, at the end of uh, maybe when you decide to stop living tiny or maybe <laughs> maybe you live tiny for for the rest of your life. It's, it's definitely something something to consider. Oh, no, that's a really good point. You know, first, your point about the utilities, I didn't even think about that. I think I was thinking, oh, you know, it's way cheaper than, well, I'm, I live in Southern California. So I was like, oh, a tiny home, even at $100,000 is like a bargain <laughs> for me out here. Right, right. But, Absolutely. And for some, it might be a little bit too much, but exactly. But I think there's something for everyone. Yeah. And then, but the utilities, the fact that, that that would add up over time, I didn't even, didn't even consider that, that part because you're, you know, a smaller mm-hmm. space, you said alternative types of energy sources. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that's for one, is like a, a big savings there. And then and also I really love the point about taking what you're saving and actually using that to invest towards something for your future, whether that is, uh, like you said, for your, your retirement or your savings in general, or if you're paying down debt, it's, it gives you some flexibility that right. maybe paying, you know, traditional rent prices or mortgage prices wouldn't wouldn't afford you. So no, I think that's really something great to keep in mind. I mean, always, if you have a, the opportunity to save some money or to cut back on some expenses to actually put that to work for something else other than, you know, having a, a great meal right. <laughs> every, every few days, you know, something like that. Right. Or buying more things. You know, you really don't have, when you already make the commitment to live tiny, you know, it's hard to go out and buy, you know, those five or six pairs of shoes in a year because you don't, you might want them and you might have, you know, the, the funds to do so, but now you just don't have the space, right? So Mm -hmm. it's, it's something to consider, you know, you just have to prioritize and what's important in your life and then 
it gives you, you know, the opportunity to put that extra money to something else. Yeah. Oh, nice. I need to tell my brother to move into a tiny house. Well, he might end up turning the entire house into a, into a shoe room or something like that. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Yeah, that's, that's probably a real possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. An extra closet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Alan, you know, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you coming by and, and talking with us about tiny living. I think this is, to me, this is really interesting. I hope, hope everyone else enjoys this conversation because I think it's, it's a great topic. And I think at, le- at the very least makes people think about the way we live in a different way. Maybe give you the, the ability to, to maybe consider a different lifestyle than what you see out there and is considered the norm. So no, definitely appreciate you, uh, you talking about that and sharing some of your information. Absolutely, Chris. I really appreciate you having me on. I, I had a lot of fun and, you know, hopefully, you know, this gets people thinking a little bit about not so much, you know, that I want everyone to live tiny, but just kind of want to get the message out that it's not really so much about the tiny house, but it's about the life that it affords. You know, I think we preach that there's three ways that we believe people can live tiny. One, living physically tiny, so downsizing into a smaller space. Two, living financially tiny, so downsizing your financial obligations, cutting down that mortgage to something a little more feasible, You know, cutting your utilities, your spending. And then third, living materially tiny, so the things that you own, your possessions, basically you, you just don't have a lot of room for that. So, you know, if if tiny living isn't for you at this point in your life, then I would say, you know, don't be discouraged. There's ways that people are living tiny right now that don't necessarily involve them physically living in a tiny home. But if it's something you're interested in, one step would be to start thinking about how you can start cutting down on some of those, you know, areas where you're spending maybe a little bit too much money. Um, and then secondly, just your possessions. So start downsizing some of your, some of the things you just don't really use that much or may not need anymore. Just something to consider. Oh, okay. No, really great points. Really great points there. It's, I, I like that. There's a different way to think about it. It's not just limiting yourself to a tiny physical location, but also you know other ways you can you can impact that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Alan, you know, thank you so much. Uh, is there some information on how people can learn more about what you're doing at Dream Big Live Tiny and maybe follow along with what you have going on? Absolutely. So our main source is our website. So you can go to www.dreambigliftinyco.com and you can also follow our Instagram. It's at dreambigliftiny. We also have a Pinterest page. Um, you can find us there as well, Dream Big Lift Tiny, where we post more specifically related to designs and different appliances, different fixtures being used in the homes. If you want to get you know into the detail of building the home or designing the home itself, nice. And yeah, people be be careful if you go if you follow the Instagram page, you're going to want to get a tiny house right away. I'm just telling you, it's going <laughs> to those, those are good images. Disclaimer: <laughs> don't, don't hold us responsible if you buy a tiny house after you go and uh, check out. Those <laughs> Absolutely. Alan, thank you again. Appreciate it. And yeah, definitely want to have you on again to share some more about tiny living. Absolutely. I love that, Chris. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Thanks again to Alan from Dream Big Live Tiny for stopping by and sharing some of his tiny living expertise and information that he did. And, you know, thanks to all of you for joining me for what ended up being a few bags of popcorn. And, you know, it's kind of ironic that uh, in an episode that was all about, you know, tiny homes and tiny living that we ended up popping (laughs) so much popcorn. But it was just, you know, really because I'm really fascinated by tiny homes and and hope that I was able to pass on some of that enthusiasm uh, to you as a listener. Because this is just something that's really interesting to me. And uh, I just made me want to ask more and more questions. And and I, I hope that the conversation was valuable to all of you. If you want to learn more about tiny living, you know, make sure you visit 
dreambiglivetinyco.com or you can just go to popcornfinance.com slash 64 and in the show notes I'll have a link to Alan's website I'll have uh, some of my favorite images from from their website and from his Instagram page and then I'll also just kind of give a breakdown and a recap of today's episode also make sure that you subscribe to Popcorn Finance so that way you can get all the new episodes that come out including the special bonus quick pop episode that will be coming out this Wednesday Alan will be coming back to answer a few fun quick questions in this rapid fire kind of new format that i'm doing here with some of the guests that come on so if you're subscribed you'll get that episode as soon as it's released which will be this upcoming wednesday also if you haven't done so already you know follow me on instagram twitter facebook because this week i'll be sharing some of my favorite tiny home images directly from dream big live tiny alan does a great job of kind of curating picking some amazing homes that makes me want to go live in a tiny house right away so in addition to getting new info on the guests that'll be coming on and what we'll be talking about for the week you'll also get to see some amazing images of some beautiful tiny homes so as always i appreciate you joining me here for what ended up being quite a few bags of popcorn i hope you have an amazing rest of your week and i'll talk to you soon